Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. The options for resale of unused season tickets has expanded. You know, we kind of frame it as this is a long-term investment and, you know, games are going to have different values throughout the season. Yeah. You know, typically the Monday games against a lower resale value opponent uh, are going to be the lowest resale value prices. That's Chris Babu, CEO of Tick Assist, a concierge service where maximizing unused inventory is taking off. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. There is a little first world problem solving happening here. What to do with tickets from a season package that you can't personally attend or haven't found a willing taker for. That said, what Tick Assist is doing may be the start of disrupting the secondary ticket market while they work alongside the secondary ticket market. Our guest this week is Chris Babu, who is the CEO and the founder of Tick Assist which is a company that is a new sports ticketing startup. They've got some innovative ideas about how you're going to handle your season tickets in the future. Hey, Chris, how are you? Doing great. How are you doing, Bram? Good. Uh, just give me a background of the company. Why'd you start this? Yeah, so first and foremost, I'm, I've been a longtime season ticket holder myself, uh, close to a decade, both NBA and MLB season tickets. Um, and my co-founder as well, Jamie Zimmerman, uh, he's also been a almost a decade season ticket holder in the NBA as well. And I think what, you know, when you're a long time season ticket holder, generally you kind of have a busy career, family, things to do. And sometimes you just can't make it out to the game. So it's, you know, you, you try to list on the marketplaces and it's actually a bit more challenging than you could think, than you would think. Um, trying to list the tickets. Uh, you know, it, it takes time to figure out what's the right price to list a ticket and you list it. And then you actually have to kind of check back in on your listings a couple of times a week. Um, and it just takes a lot of time and effort, which is a challenge when you're you know, in the middle of the workday between meetings trying to price. So I think in those early years, it definitely was a challenge uh, trying to re- resell tickets for games you couldn't make. All right. What teams? You you have Major League Baseball and NBA. You're season ticket holder for who? Yeah, yeah. So my first set of season tickets were the Oakland A's. Yeah. So I grew up in the, in the East Bay part of the San Francisco Bay Area. So I've been a long time A's fan. So it's great to realize my dream of uh, becoming a season ticket holder there. And then the summer after, I got in on the Golden State Warriors. And you were doing, so how many games were you going to a year? That's 240 dates. <laughs> yeah. So uh, with, with the A's, it's 81 home yeah. games. Yeah. Um, and any, you know, preseason or postseason. Wow. Uh, for the Warriors, it's 41 home yep. games, again, with season and postseason. So for the A's, I had a half season uh, package. And then for the Warriors, I had a full season package. Um, so, you know, I would say I went to about 10, 
10 of the uh, 10 to 15 of the A's games and similar uh, for the Warriors. So that means you have to sell, you know, roughly 30, 30 ish games in my case yep. for each of those. Okay. All right. Obviously, um, you would know this. You can't go to all these games. Really, most season ticket holders probably can't go to all of the games and they want to yeah. resale. Um, the secondary markets are very well established with a lot of major players in it. StubHub, SeatGeek, many others like that. How is your yeah. company kind of differentiating and trying to help its customers differently than, say, uh, a group like that? Yeah, so you touched on something really important right there. There actually are a lot of resale marketplaces, um, both for sellers and buyers. Um, so what, you know, how how we come into the picture is, uh, number one, you know, we list your tickets on 10 plus resale marketplaces, which is super important. As you mentioned, um, it's really a fragmented buyer marketplace. Huh. So if you're listing on one marketplace, you're missing out on a lot of buyers. So by us listing on 10 plus marketplaces, we, you can reach up to five times the amount of buyers. So, okay. So you guys are kind of like an orbits or kayak of tickets. In in one sense. Yeah. We're, we're taking your inventory and making sure it shows up on all the major resale marketplaces. Okay. And then, so you talked about pricing and how typically if I were to list my tickets on StubHub, I have to figure out what I'm going to price them at and they'll have averages. And so I'll have an, an idea of what to do. Um, are you yeah. offering that when you do this for a customer that it will be priced kind of accordingly on their behalf on all of these different sites that it ends up at? Yeah, yeah, that, that hits on another p- important part of our value proposition. So first, we talked about listing on 10 plus marketplaces. The second aspect is our selling experts fully manage the ticket resale process for you. Um, when you register, we actually create your full season with pricing for every single game. So all you have to do is click list and then our selling experts take it from there. Um, and that kind of transitions into the third thing that makes us unique is we actually guarantee your tickets uh, will sell. In the rare event that they haven't sold uh, with three days to go before the game, we'll actually offer to purchase the tickets from you. Oh, all right. well, since you mentioned the Oakland A's then, I know what their attendance has been the last couple of years. <laughs> How in the world could you guarantee that you would sell your tickets to, say, not the Warriors who have a high demand, but say a team that doesn't yeah. quite have the same level high demand? Yeah, so I think that's where the pricing expertise comes in. Um, we're, we're managing tickets across the nation uh, we see trends within certain leagues and then we have years of selling years of selling experience with these teams um, so we kind of know based on the day of the week based on the opponent um, a bunch of different pricing factors how to accurately price your tickets so that they sell at the highest possible value okay um, all right so and your customers are they kind of told up front that the pricing is entirely up to us can they set a floor of what they're willing to sell the tickets for um yeah so when the customer clicks list they see what will strike start the price at um and we're transparent that the the prices may move up or down based on the direction of the market um in the past we have offered the ability to um put a floor price uh but that kind of resulted in a lot of back and forth because the customers would change the price as they kind of saw that the market wasn't what they were hoping. Yep. Um, but, you know, really what our customers want is simplicity. And that's what we pride ourselves on. 
Um, as I mentioned, it's a lot of the games in the season. We kind of coach, you know, it is a partnership with our season ticket holder clients. There's a lot of customer education that's involved. And, you know, we kind of frame it as this is a long-term investment. And, you know, games are going to have different values throughout the season. Yeah. You know, typically the Monday games against a lower resale value opponent uh, are going to be the lowest resale value prices. Whereas like a weekend game against a franchise that's coming into town that has a deep fan base, that's, that's going to be to recoup the most value. Um, so, you know, you really have to take the macro picture and not yeah. analyze game by game. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Chalk and Dog, which brings together the vast experience and expertise of two of the brightest agencies in media, sports, wagering, and gaming. With deep roots in the UK and the US, the agency offers expert guidance in everything from market entry to market expansion for startups as well as established global brands powered by best-in-class communication and creative experts. Chalk and Dog has vast international experience and delivers results-oriented, tailor-made solutions for B2B and B2C organizations. On a Monday or a Tuesday, the A's could be hosting Shohei Otani for that matter. And that might be a very yeah. different price point if that were to be the case. Exactly. So that's, yeah. you know, that's a lot of the analytics our selling experts are doing to come to um, to determine the prices. It's a combination of technology and selling experts. Uh, so you kind of get the best of both worlds there. Okay. Um, are you working directly with the teams? Um, do you have a relationship directly with them? Yeah, currently we, we don't have a relationship with the teams. Uh, we do have clients across uh, 92 teams, uh, currently 700 clients. So we are kind of building, um, you know, an awareness amongst those fan bases and, and teams as well. So, but, you know, in the future, that's something we look forward to building. Okay. And then how about on the other side with all of these different platforms that you're, you know, are you literally partnering with them or are you just kind of a service that is, I mean, I'm sure they want the tickets listed there. So I, I don't imagine you're perceived competitively, but can you, can you kind of take me through how that's working right now? Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, we're, we're plugging in through each of those marketplaces, APIs to, to list the tickets. So it is, you know, everyone where we have account managers with the, with each of those uh, major resale marketplaces. Okay. Um, and so how would you describe this? Are you kind of like a concierge search service for season ticket holders? Yeah. I mean, it is, it is that in a sense, really we, what we pride ourselves on is being the simplest resale experience for season ticket holders when they can't make it to a game. Um, it is concierge in that, in the sense that, you know, all you do is click list and you're done. You have someone else doing all the work for you, which is a super valuable thing for our busy season ticket holders. Yeah. But we, you know, we do try to support as much of the stadium as, as we can. There are certain sections of the stadium that we don't support today, but over time we hope to support more and more sections. Okay. Since so you're there, in the is middle... an, there is an exclusive element in that sense. Okay. And then on the other side of it, I mean, you're working with season ticket holders. So these are the biggest sports fans of them all. And we'll, we'll pay for the price to have the access to all of these games. 
are you buying on their behalf if they're going out of town and they want to see their team and get tickets from another season ticket holder at another place? Yeah, I think we, we do hope to extend those services over time. Uh, currently, we do it on a one-off basis, but you know, something we'll want to advertise as we grow our um, clientele across the nation so we have more inventory to offer them. Okay. Right now, we're, we're pretty laser-focused on the retail experience for season ticket holders. Okay. And then, so I don't know if you want to share this, but how are you marketing this? This seems like a very specific set of people that you are trying to reach market to and explain what your service is. Yeah. Um, you know, season ticket holders are a large chunk of the stadium for most teams. It's over 50% of the seats go to season ticket holders. So it is a pretty sizable, um, fan base. Uh, the way we are marketing to them, it's a combination of a few different marketing channels. Uh, number one, we write a lot of blogs on how to resell tickets. Uh, so we have tips for each each league on how to sell tickets uh, and get the maximum value back for those. Um, we also, you know, word of mouth is huge for us. Uh, from the start, uh, our initial client base was, you know, really thrilled with the service. And the good thing about season ticket holders are, you know, they're pretty social. They're kind of vocal about being season ticket holders. Yeah. Uh, so they, you know, chances are one season ticket holder knows five or 10 other season ticket holders. And you really become a community with the, with the uh, people that are sitting around you in the stadium. So that word of mouth has been huge for our uh, growth. Um, and then we do have some paid search uh, as people kind of research the process of selling tickets, they will see um, ticket assist uh, at. All right. Last thing um, we've talked to a lot of people in ticketing itself and the way it's moved to there's no more paper tickets. It's digital. It could be a digital passport. Now, a lot of teams are looking at the ticket as in many different ways than they, they used to from your perspective of just being in the marketplace of it moving. Um, what's the future of this? Do you think the teams or leagues will find a way to kind of get it away from the secondary markets? Is there no hope for that happening? How do you kind of see the future of ticketing in general? Yeah. So, you know, tickets today, as you touched on with the mobile tickets, they're, they're pretty secure. Um, the team does kind of own the ticket in a, and sees end to end who the ultimate attendee is better than in the past when it was a paper ticket. When it was a paper ticket, they had no clue who, who was going to the game. Right. Um, so I think we've seen a lot of that evolution. Um, and it seems to be working well for most of the parties. Uh, the teams, you know, get to know who the customer is. The customer has a very safe experience. Uh, a great thing with the mobile tickets is that uh, there's, you know, the, the likelihood of fraud has gone down a lot because yeah. uh, you are getting emailed the ticket from the team. Um, even if you're transferring the tickets to someone else, uh, you, you see the QR code and it's a very secure experience. Um, so I think there's been a lot of good innovation recently. Um, Chris Babu is the founder and the CEO of Tick Assist. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Bram. Great, great to be here. On the next Future Sport Podcast, how do you handle HR when it doesn't really exist in collegiate programs? Athletes, for example, um, have things like playing time or um, scholarship or perhaps their network and their long-term goals of being a coach and not wanting to, to take this that they have, or there's just a reluctancy to speak up. That's David Chadwick, CEO of Real Response, which was born out of Chadwick's personal experience of dealing with issues within a program and feeling like there was nowhere to turn. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. 
This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.